This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Mackie and John. What is the deal? Like what? I don't at get what, it. At what point can play-by-play guys just use their regular voices? Same with voiceover guys. I just heard a commercial for somebody. Tonight on USA. Yeah. Hey, that, that's pretty good. Give me a have you ever done, future. Have you ever done voiceover stuff? Not uh, like spots, but voiceover no, stuff. No, no. I think you have a few. I think I'm with Judd. I think you might have some. Tonight. I don't think so. Give fellas. us a little more baseball. Two balls and two strikes here. Uh, Kenny Olsen. Just do your show. Quit relying on others to uh, <laughs> I, kill time for you. Thanks a lot, Kenny. We'll see you later. We'll Hi, see Chip. you tomorrow on the traffic. <laughs> just get us to nine. Later Kenny. today. Chip Scoggins is, is with us here. Chip's is like, I'm going to leave right now. Early. Chip Scoggins is here. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Chip Scoggins. Hey. <laughs> All right. Let's talk baseball. <laughs> James, can you pot this up here? We just don't like <laughs> for us right now. Time to make that decision and acquire some real talent that will help us continue to pull toward what we believe is a championship future. Uh, and then in Brian's case, I hope he feels like, uh, in this case, we put him in a position where he gets a chance to go try and do something that's very special and, and to live a dream to, to do that in the playoffs. Down to the pretty much the last minute, um, I knew something was probably brewing up. Um, I'm just hearsay, obviously. And, uh, but when I found out the Dodgers, is very exciting. I, I think this, this trade's been going on for about two years now. So, uh, <laughs> um, But it, I, I'm excited to be here, number one, uh, to join an amazing organization, which is, which is huge. A lot of winning baseball up here, which, uh, uh, which I love. How do you guys feel about the way Falvey framed that? Listen, <laughs> yeah. we, just, we, just, we wanted to give Brian the best opportunity to win <laughs> a World right. Series. We wish him <laughs> we all did the, him a favor. We wish him all the best in his future endeavors, and we don't care yeah. what those are, but they're not going to be in yeah. Minnesota. And like Miami, the Marlins offered <laughs> twice as good of a package, but we just felt obligated to send Brian to a contender. You're welcome, Brian. <laughs> um, so... I don't know. I, th- I, f- I feel like most people understand yeah. it's a lost season at this point, and, uh, and you've got a couple expiring contracts. This is just sort of how baseball works. You want to get something for two months before a guy becomes a free agent. You can re-sign them if you want in the offseason. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was driving home from uh, Vikings camp last night, and my wife called me. She's, she doesn't know contracts and all this. She's just, she watches the Twins casually. She likes Dozier. She, and she's seen what's going on the last week, and she's like, I'm not going to watch her go to another game until they start acting like they want to win again. And so I think they're, they're so you divorced her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Understand contracts. Honey. And she <laughs> said, you're, you've been traded, Chip. <laughs> right. You've been traded to Eden Prairie, a family my, in Eden Prairie. My stuff's on the lawn. Good luck um, with that. So I, I think there are some, there, there are casual fans out there that aren't invested, don't understand the contracts and how all that works, like as, as you know, as detailed as we do that just look at this like hey what is going on here they're getting rid of all these players they're getting rid of Escobar I loved Escobar you know yeah. kind of that stuff and so I think that's why hey, you're seeing I, I did too and I, th- and I think he comes back I think they're going to I think they're going to resign boy Escobar Escobar I think I, comes back why he wants to yeah but what if someone else gives him a good contract well then he'll go there right well but, and here's the thing if you're but the don't twins, him, I think what do you offer him are you offering him an everyday spot where yeah where Third base for starters. Over Sano? He plays first base. Or DHs. You're saying Maurer's not coming back? Probably not. All right. Well, if you're asking, would I rather have Escobar or Maurer back next year? Ten times out of ten, Escobar. Yeah, but but you you can't assume that. What if Maurer wants to come back and they want to sign him? Then what are you going to offer Escobar? As much as he wants, Chip. A blank life. I would bring Escobar back, too, but there's no guarantee. Once he walks out the door, there's no guarantees he's coming back. Sure, but even if he doesn't walk out the door, there's no guarantees he's coming back, which is, I think, the argument a lot but of fans But it's a lot easier if he's, in the, if he's there with you and you have these conversations, dialogue. Now, I, I think it was reported that they approached him during the season at some point, and he said no, which is his right. He, yeah. I would like to test free agency mm-hmm. and see what I else. think they'll talk to him, though. Yeah, well, you I have think to. they'll talk to him. Yeah. I, 
here's here's where I think we're getting lost though in the past five days, and and I understand the frustration of casual Twins fan, your, your wife. I get it. But I think where we're getting lost is there's two very different things at work here, and they get, around this time of year, melded together too often. One is the disappointment, which we all have. We all, Phil and I, expected this to be a really good team. We were wrong, but the disappointment of what's transpired uh, so far in 2018 is real. And you're disappointed, and you thought to yourself, well, they went from 103 defeats in 2016 to a playoff team in 17, so they're going to come back strong. They did not. That's disappointing. But I also think what we, what casual uh, Twins fan then lacks is a very key word. Acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance of the fact that you were dealing with a lot of guys on short-term contracts, and and if things went south, those guys needed to be and are being dealt. So so I think you get I think there's a confusion here. The the disappointment is real, and I totally get it. But don't allow that then to cloud your judgment of well, then keep these guys because keeping them ultimately makes no sense yeah. unless you are going to extend them. Well, there's two things. You have logic and emotion. The logic part of it is, hey, these guys have expiring contracts. They're not part of your future. Let's get something in return before just letting them walk away. And, and you know, they got nine prospects or whatever it was. And But there, there's an emotional part, too, where fans have just been beaten down. Four straight 90-loss seasons. Just wait for Bucks and Snow, Bucks and Snow, Bucks and Snow. This thing's turning around, boys. Yeah, be. absolutely. And then they get up here, one's 300 pounds and shows indifference. <laughs> hey, he's down to 275 and now, Chip. Is, is going to strike out, is going to obliterate the strikeout record. <laughs> the other one can't stay healthy and can't hit. And so now, if you're a fan watching this and said, you sold us on something, that ain't working. And now you're selling us on, hey, but look at all these nine prospects yeah. we come, and they're in our top 30. <laughs> well, I'd be a little bit annoyed, too. 100%. I think. Totally agree. It's the emotion part of it. And some of these are these are lottery tickets, right? And Byron Buxton's lottery ticket percentage chance is much higher than uh, outfielder guy from the Dodgers that was their 19th best prospect. And so far, Byron Buxton, even though let's say he had an 80% chance to be a quality big league player, well... So far, the, the 20% <laughs> that has, has out? played out, right? <laughs> so I totally get that. Can I, since we're on this path of kind of going down the the reasons why fans are disappointed, and, and I don't think it's just one thing. I think there's Correct. there's multiple things. But I have three narratives that I've seen in the last four to five days and kind of culminating yesterday that I think we should bring up and even squash some of these. All right, I'm going to throw mm-hmm. these out one by one and we can kick these around. Uh, narrative number one. These are my least favorite narratives from from the trade deadline period here. That the Twins gave up on the season and the front office should be ripped and shamed. Uh, they came back last year. Why not have some faith in the team? Why not go add pieces and make a run at the Indians? I don't understand why the front office is taking heat for the decision to sell at the deadline. The players should take heat for this. The players are the ones that can't... Miguel Sano, you, you can't take your profession seriously enough to stay in the major leagues and weigh something less than 290. Byron Buxton, you can't lay off a slider in the dirt, low and outside. I mean, I could go down the list. Brian Dozier's batting yeah. 220. Yeah. Okay, so why does the front office take heat for waving the white flag on a season that, let's be honest, like 99 times out of 100 is is over for them, and the players just skate by? Well, Brian, Brian Dozier is literally hitting 220 yeah. right now. I, I think everyone, you know, players obviously, they put themselves in this position, so they can't really point back. I mean, it's your fault. I think fans, where their frustration lies in, you go out and get Logan Morrison, he's a bust. You go out and get Lance Land, he was miserable. You know, you get some of these guys that come in here, they just haven't produced. And a lot of guys just didn't live up to expectations now. Is that, you know, management's fault for going out and signing them? And then now all of a sudden you're getting rid of them. And, and so I understand that is the perception that you're giving up when you start trading away guys for prospects. That's just the natural thing to kind of say, ah, the management, but. Yeah, the players weren't showing any. They didn't give any reason to have faith in him. Yeah. And Do- Dozier does not help when when every year he piles on with yeah. it's one sixty two, it's one sixty two, and so fans are like, Is that yeah, your Brian. average or how many games are being played? Yeah, this but then I'm, but then fans are like, no, no, Brian's right, it's one sixty two. How can you bail? Look at last year, and so I, I think it's the easiest to c- come back on on uh, the executives yeah. as opposed to the players. But and hey, look, the executives need to do a better a better job here too. For next year, you're you need to build. I will say this: if I fault them in one area in what I've seen in the past week plus, 
you need to build a better clubhouse as far as as chemistry goes. I, I think what we I think what we've learned is you can't just throw guys in and say make it work. I think you have to to be careful. And Lance Lynn, I don't care what you tell me, was miserable. Mm. He was miserable. Uh, and when you throw, as you you said off the air, Chip, when you throw a bunch of guys who are veterans on one year contracts, if things start to go south, guess what? They start to say bleep it, and then the question becomes: Do you have somebody to rein that back in? And this Twins clubhouse absolutely, positively did not. Uh, okay, narrative number two. Narrative number two: That the Twins didn't land any top level prospects. So, like, why, why would if you're going to trade Dozier and Escobar, and you're not even going to get back a top top echelon prospect of the eleven or twelve that you got in return, then then it's a failure. But your trade. Let, let's take away the names that we're familiar with for a second. You're trading two months of Escobar. Mm. Two months of an underperforming second baseman, Brian Dozier, you're not going to get another Royce Lewis in return for that. Your goal is before before they exercise their leverage and maybe sign with another team, your goal is to get something of value and then maybe have conversations with them if you want to bring them back in three months from now. Yeah. You're not going to get you're not going to get the next Byron Buxton level prospect hype. You, you know, in a situation like that, you never get the perceived value of what you think you're giving up. It just doesn't happen, and, and you're right. This is a rental for these teams, and and it's, you know, Escobar obviously is having a really good year, but you know they weren't operating from a position of strength with Dozier. <laughs> well, no, by now, they definitely were not. It dried up. It's fairly telling that they've been trying to trade him for two years, yeah. and the best two offers both came from the Dodgers. One of the, the previous offer from two years ago is Jose DeLeon, who basically hasn't pitched in the last two years. I mean, you look at these guys, you know, Zach Duke, whatever, they're just trying to get bodies in exchange for nothing because they're walking out the door and not coming back. And you say, well, one of these guys might turn out to be something. He might not. Odds are probably not. Um, but, I, you know, it's, it's, it, it's hard to nitpick because um, we don't know. You know, we don't, we don't yeah, well, all these prospects. But also worth noting, remember when the when the Twins traded Francisco Liriano like six years ago, who was the no-name random middle infield prospect? It yeah. was Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Rosario was once a random prospect who was you know, toiling in the and minor Presley leagues. And Presley got you two decent players because he, he had control left. Yeah. I mean, if, That's, if you were going to trade Gibson, you, you were probably going to get a pretty good package back. I give it, The Presley one sort of bugs me. It's like, why, why did you give up on him? Um... It's not that they gave up on him. Well, it's that did. they like. It's that no, they they the, the two young players they got back are are one of them is a top fifteen Astros prospect, and they figure instead of paying Ryan Presley for one more year and then he hits free agency and he's going to make eight million dollars a year somewhere, good organizations cultivate guys like Ryan Presley, find guys like Ryan I just, Presley. I, to me, I always I always side on the thing of on the side of sure thing. I would have I would have kept him. And you know he's I'm not a sure thing. These other trade. guys, we have no idea if they're going to be able to any kind of player. Brian Presley, you know he's a valuable part of that for bullpen. one more year. Well, maybe resign him. But you can. You can resign him if you want to resign him in a year and a half, yeah, but, you can. But you you when you trade a guy that doesn't endear yourself to that guy. Does it? I mean, it does say, "Hey, we love you. Come on back." No, you traded him. I think players understand. I think Eduardo Escobar understands. I've I've that, heard, by the way, this is sourced behind yeah. the scenes that he wants to come back and they're interested. Escobar's so. different. Escobar's different. When you're trading to Ryan Presley, who I think Presley's gone for, for good. I do too. If that's what you're I saying, yeah, yeah. But you should be able, like, honestly, guys who have a three and a half ERA and strike out a batter per inning, that's that's the standard right now in bullpens. And he's the third or fourth best reliever but, on but a good he, team. Yeah, but he's a sure thing right now. And you don't have a lot of sure things. Yeah. Agreed. That, that's the one Agreed. that, that bothers me. He's a, he's a sure thing for like another year, and then he's going to make. If he's the, if he's still a sure thing in a year and a half, he's going to make seven. All right, narrative number okay, three. Okay, sorry. okay <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we're splitting hairs. Like, yeah, yeah. Narrative number three: uh, that the penny pinching twins are just trying to save money by trading away established players. Uh, they actually took on Logan Forsythe's $9 million contract yesterday. He's going to be a free agent to bail the Dodgers out of luxury tax issues. So they helped the Dodgers save money by taking on Logan Forsythe yesterday. They also spent more money on this roster, a failed roster, yeah. uh, if you're, if playoffs is the goal, than I think any roster in, in Twins history. It's just that the guys they signed didn't work out. Yep. Now imagine if they had signed you Darvish. Yeah. For $150 million. What, think, what would we be saying right now? Yeah, I don't think finances had any... No, anything in this. Uh, I think. I think ultimately, um, aside, if you put the disappointment aside for one second, I think the cautionary tale of 2018 is probably how you construct your club personality-wise. I think they're absolutely on the right course, but I think personality-wise, if you could go back and do it again, you'd probably be more careful, and you might have kept a guy like 
Jimenez around because mm-hmm. that's a guy. That's a guy who was not a key player on the field, but I think behind the scenes he was absolutely imperative, and they had nobody like that this year, including uh, Dozier. We have we have phone calls lined up here. I don't know if it's people agreeing, disagreeing, but let's let's run a couple phone calls. Chips hanging out with us from the start to me. We'll talk Stefan Diggs and we'll talk Vikings. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Chancey, you're on the show. Hey guys, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I have a couple thoughts here on this uh, trading situation. While I don't think it was uh, totally foolish to sell this year, I think that the Twins have been stuck on this ridiculous treadmill forever. Uh, five years ago, the team was terrible. And on a competing radio show that goes against you guys that I never listened to anymore, uh, they had been bragging Lavelli Neal's on there. Meyer and May, Buxton and Snow, just wait till they're here. Just wait till they're here. Yeah. How did that turn out? It's true. I mean, now people Not are, well so far. Do, yeah. And people want to say, well, we have some. We brought in some top thirty prospects for the Twins organization. Buxton and Sano were top three in all of baseball, not Twins organization, all of baseball. Mm-hmm. So we're going to play with these lottery tickets, right? So here's how here's how baseball works. They sold those four guys and and bragged about hope to keep people interested in coming in the stands. Now everybody sees that that was a failure. So now you start hearing Fernando Romero. Uh, Nick Gordon, Royce Lewis, you know, they're going to be the next great thing. And in a couple years when they get up and either prove to be difference makers or more likely just average players, they'll have a new set of players in the minors and they'll start selling them again. Chancey, what's the alternative? What's your solution? My solution is, you know what, uh, Phil, the Brewers are the example that the Twins should be following. Really? Are you you sure? What, What have the Brewers done in the last 25 years? They've made the playoffs twice? Well, when they do pop up, Phil, like you guys are saying, they have made the effort to uh, go out and bring players in. What has that done, their... though? Well, hey, they're giving their fans a shot. I mean, oh, you prefer the Twins method, huh? You you like what you see in the last 25 years? The, Bru- the Twins? Chancey, let's be real here. The Brewers have made the playoffs twice since 1982, but, man. But to, but to, twice since but to Chancey's point, Chancey, I, Chancey, if the Twins pop up and, and make a run, I'm w- with you. You go for it then. You do make trades. I-, I get what you're saying, and I think that that is the – and th- these guys, now, keep, keep in mind, they're just in year two. But if they do make a run, I do think you're right. I do think that you dip into this pool of prospects that, that you've gotten then, and you make the trades, and that's what Terry didn't do. So, yeah, I'm with you. If they pop up, make the trades that actually give you a chance to be successful in that playoff. I agree with that, but to say that the Brewers are a team that the Twins should model themselves after is a little aggressive. Chancey, thank you. You know, Chancey goes back to the point I was making. I think fans, I think this Buxton Sano situation has put a uh, cloud over this entire organization and fan base to where mm-hmm. they they clung to this narrative for how many years? Yeah. And then it... it it hasn't gone that way, and so there's some scar. Hey, listen, there. if if these two are busts, if this doesn't it's, if this doesn't come around in 2019, then these two will go down as the biggest busts in the history of Minnesota sports. It's a huge deal based on the the hype. Yes, yes. Ba- based well, on the hype it, and the realistic expectation that these guys were going to be a huge. I'm, and I'm saying if they both bust. Mm-hmm. So if you get if you can get one to become a very productive star player. I'm not great with that, but I'll accept that. But if these two bust, it's a huge deal. And that, you I'm can, with you on you that. You can hear that with Chancey. I mean, it, he says, "Well, now they're now they're looking at these other prospects down there mm-hmm. because they're afraid that you know what the Bucks and the Snow uh, narrative is not going to play out the way they mm-hmm. you know that was sold." Yeah, Chip's hanging out with us here. Neil and John, we'll get to you guys. We'll talk some Vikings. Thad Levine will join us in an hour and fifteen minutes. Twins GM Thad Levine at ten thirty. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. There we go. Let's make it official. That'll brighten the day. Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. We'll leave the Twins vent lines open for this segment. I know we had like three dudes on hold who didn't want to wait through the break, but if you want to call back, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. It's complicated here because like Chansey represents what a lot of fans are feeling today, which is, okay, Dozier and Escobar are these beloved, established players. Dozier's having a bad season. 
And again, you ship those guys off, and it's prospects, prospects, prospects. And the last two or three waves of prospects that the Twins have marketed and that media has elevated on a pedestal, whether it's your outlet or our radio show, mm-hmm. like we're all we all elevated Buxton and Snow, and I wouldn't write those guys off quite yet. Yeah, They're both yeah, like no. 24, 25 years old. Uh, before that, it was Aaron Hicks, and it was uh, Alex Meyer, and Kyle Gibson took until he was 30 years old. Totally understand that frustration. But because, just because prospects haven't worked out for the Twins lately, even though they did very much so in the early 2000s, it doesn't mean that you should hang on to guys who are going to be free agents and mm. pray that you can overcome an eight-game deficit in the American League Central. That's like, yeah. Think with you have to make decisions with your brain, not your heart. If you're a front office, but I get hard to separate. It's, it's hard to separate. And how much do you think this too is? Name the three most popular players that people that fans identify with have kind of emotional attachment right now. To. Well, before Dozier, Escobar, yeah. Rosario, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Probably the three most popular players right now. Yeah. And then two of them are gone. And Lance Lynn. <laughs> and Lance Lynn, of course. Lance Although, Lynn. how can I leave out Lance? <laughs> so you're, you're talking about two of the three, particularly Escobar, and but but Dozier too because of his history here, but. And you remove two of those guys, even if it's obviously a logical thing because you're getting something back in return. There's still that kind of emotional yeah. attachment fans have. Like, wait a second here, you know what, what, what's going on? Yeah, and and the team can't come out and say it, but Dozier had to go. Yeah, like the Dozier thing had become it. It, it had gotten to the point where where it was a divorce on both sides, and if you had tried to keep him and he kept talking, it was going to get uglier, mm. and so now it just ends. Uh, but I get, you know what? I get it. I mean, Ch- Chancey's right. Fans are fans are sick of hearing about hype and about players coming up. And and I think what you need to do though is you need to take a step back and say to yourself, "All right, what's the most rational way to approach this?" And that is this: if Sano and or Buxton or both recover and come back in 2019, you very well might be just absolutely fine. Mm. You might be fine, but they are they are the linchpins to this entire thing. And and the Sano thing, I think, to me at least, is particularly frustrating and, and has caused me angst because he was there. I mean, he came up and had pitch selection in, what, 2014 or 15 and was fantastic. And then he's an all-star last year. And so you've seen it. And he is at fault. He has allowed himself to get here. So if these guys had both come up and they were both terrible and both and both consistently struggled and you didn't see a thing, you'd be mad about it. But mm-hmm. what makes you really mad with Miguel is you're watching a guy who's got it and he and he should know that and he's allowing it to he's allowing himself to have problems. Yeah, and and I will say to his credit, when you see him, I mean you can see it probably on the field, but when you see him in clubhouse, he looks different. I mean he clearly has lost weight and got in shape. He looks like the Miguel you saw a couple years ago and. You know, we were talking to him before the game on Monday. Was it? and um, somebody asked him, you know, did you work on pitch selection and maybe trying to take more pitches down there? He's like, no. He said, well, yeah, I did my work in the cage and all. He said, but I don't worry about hitting. He said, I've, I've hit all my life. I'm not worried about it. And I was, I was thinking, eh, I mean, you are striking out a lot. I think, his, I think I'd be a little bit worried. God, I mean, is. yeah, it's like it's almost like that's not an issue. And I was like, well, it sort of is. Yeah, you're striking out. <laughs> 39% of the time, that that's a problem. It's a bit of a problem. Yeah. It's a bit of a problem, yeah. Uh, all right, let's go back to the Twins vent lines here. Chip's hanging out with us. 651-646-8255. Twins Anonymous. Go ahead. I, well, I think we're kind of also seeing how the drafting over the years has affected the franchise because we're kind of in that lull right now where the guys from the previous regime, okay, they're coming up. I mean, Nick Gordon, I mean, how much... How much comfort can I take in a 130-pound punch and Judy hitting second baseman coming up? I mean, that's, I, I don't know. And Tyler J., really? But then, you know, now we're kind of waiting on Royce Lewis, and it sounds like this Kirilov kid can hit falling out of bed. So, I don't know. It's, I'm frustrated with the drafting and also the catcher position. I mean, Garber can hit a little bit, but he's, what, 27 years old? And if they're putting in a catcher that hits a buck 75 because of the weight. Yeah, and generally, thanks, Twins Anonymous. Generally, when you're still in the minor leagues, even though you're hitting at age 27, yeah. it doesn't speak yeah, too well to you really your can't catch well, glove that you're carrying. I wrote this the other night in my column. I was talking to Judd about it. Right now, their, their, their lineup, go around the, the, the positions. 
Who do you feel with reasonable confidence you know what you're getting next year? Maybe two or three guys right now. Rosario, and that's about it, right? Rosario. Yeah, Polanco, I think, starts the, starts the year short I, for sure. I think he starts, but do you know, all right, this is what he is as a player. This is what Not you're yet. getting. No. Kepler, Kepler he's know. hitting 220. Yeah, Kepler, I don't know now. I thought I did. Mm-hmm. In May, so I thought one, I knew. One guy. Mm-hmm. What do you think the, the feeling would be or, or the potential frustration today if this team, because this team two years ago was god-awful. I mean, the GM who who had a lifetime contract got himself fired. What do you think the reaction would be today if the progression of this team had been from 103 losses in 2016 to a sub-500 year, which would not have been surprising in 17? Because I do think popping up and going to the playoff game, which, by the way, was fun, I do think that that created an expectation which we all, including Phil and myself, glummed onto and got excited about. Uh, if this team had won, you know, take your pick. If this team had won 77 games, though, I, I think because you do. This is Buxton and Sano. In, it's Buxton yes, and Sano. Yes, and, but in, fa- in fairness to Falvey, I do think we need to keep in mind he's trying to turn around what was two years ago an absolute dumpster fire. I think, and I'm not an apologist for him, but that's true. I think it made him. Uh, it made them take a detour from their plan because they said, well, we got to reward this team. I mean, they, they got in the playoffs. We can't. We can't stick to probably what our original idea was to strip mm-hmm. it down, get younger, get rid of some of these guys. So by what they did, we have to reward them. But we're only going to do it on rental deals with these veterans. And if it doesn't work out, trade deadline, we're shipping them out but, and, and starting over. So let's so if, if Buxton had – let's say Buxton gave you the exact same mm-hmm. six-month productivity as last year. I mean, I know most of it came in the last three months. But let's say he's – you know, gets on base at a 300 clip, you know, slugs over 400, wins a gold glove in center field. He's out there for at least 100, let's say 140 plus games, maybe one DL stint or something. And Miguel Sano is uh, maybe not the greatest defensive player, but he's out there and he hits 30 plus bombs. And like those two guys give you something close to what you thought. And Lomo still struggles. Lynn still struggles. This team is tied with Cleveland right now. You're in a, you're this in team a is tied with Cleveland right now. And so if, if we can narrow everything down, it's not perfect, and Lynn would still be terrible, and Addison Reed would still be uh, grumpy and, and banged up. <laughs> but if those two guys had performed, this team would be tied with Cleveland right now. I, I firmly believe that. So if it's those two guys, if those two guys are the difference between selling off key pieces like Escobar and Dozier and fans being outraged and upset and here we go again, Let's focus on those two guys. Is that Derek Falvey's fault that Miguel Sano weighs 300 pounds going into the season? I mean, like, sometimes it bothers me that players are just, players are criticizable in in certain situations, but 90% of the time it's the front office's fault or it's the coach's fault. Miguel Sano should take some pride as a professional and not have to go back to A ball when he's in his fourth year in the major leagues and go on a bleeping six week weight loss program. I'll say this. I want to see him at instructional league, and I want to see him spend the winter playing baseball and and in Florida. I do not. If if I'm those two guys, I say I almost don't care what what the damn CBA says at this point, yeah. Miguel. You're doing things our way because if we have to keep you, we sure as hell aren't going to go down with you not giving a damn about your career. Which don't you know? Don't give me. Oh, he's a lovable, affable guy. I don't care. I don't care. He's you are looking at at least with Buxton, he tries and he might just suck at the plate. But Miguel Sano is a classic example of a man flushing his career down the toilet. And if you're these guys, I will say this winter, you sit him down and you say you're not going home. Yeah. And, and if you do go home, we're sending somebody with you, and I don't care what the CBA says. And I hope the light went on. Because you I like I said, you look at him, he put in work. I mean, you look at his body, he clearly went down there and did what they wanted to physically. Now in the offseason, you can't disappear and lose all what you, you got back. I mean, you have to stay in that, that, that shape. And Man. I'm, I'm hoping, uh, you know, because this thing hinges on him. and Buck, It, it imagine, absolutely hinges on him. Imagine having to tell Mike Trout or Russell Wilson, dude, like you got to lose 30 pounds. What do you, you come on. Wait, look, let's go, buddy. Let's go. Not no, those guys no. wake up in the morning and they're just robots. Here, let's, let's keep going on uh, Twins Vent Line. Miguel, what's going on, dude? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I'll, I'll just get to it quickly. Look. Everyone ain't built the same, so everyone can't beat Mike Trout. You know this. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, Miguel might not walk, wake up and, and be up out of there. What I look at is when I look at the Twins situation, I look at it me because I'm a big Wolves fan. The suffering that went on for years, like the Twins are in the same spot 10 years ago as they are today. So it's not like they've got any better at all, really. they just kind of been the same thing. And that is extremely frustrating 
especially now then when you when you are fed, hey, we got some really good talent coming and then the talent it flashes and then it's and then it's all of a sudden gone. It feels like a magic trick, right? Like it was there. I did see it, but what happened? And so now the twins, like you like you both are all of you three are saying, it's up to these two guys. The thing that I always think about is this when the guys are here in Minnesota and or any small market or big market or whatever, and you're losing, and you are that talent, and then you're just losing, and the things around you aren't getting better. Where is the motivation? Where were the, like you guys are saying, the clubhouse, where were the veteran guys to be able to pick some of those guys up when, when the Bucks and the, the Sano come up there and they're young? Where was the foundation laid? And a lot of it for me, when I look at this thing in the Twin City sports area, the ownership, like, they, it just needs to be some new owners for the Twins and get some new freshness through the whole organization because, really, you know what you're going to get with the Polads. You know what you're going to get. It's the same old, same old. They're going to need a new ownership, and, and maybe they can get some things going in there and, and, and start all over because when the, when, when the Vikes got new ownership, you've seen something, a whole new energy, the Wild got a whole different energy. You know, even when Flip came back, the Wolves were re-energized, another type of energy. It's something has to really happen in that organization because, really, it's sad that the Twins, the team, a professional team with the, 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 the championships, they're not even competitive at all. And it's not like the Polats can't afford anything. So, it, so it's just very frustrating if you're a Twins fan to sit here and, like, year after year to have to hear that same thing. Maybe next year. Maybe yeah. next year. Miguel, thanks for. I feel like Miguel's underestimating Jim Polad's uh, excitement and enthusiasm. He's. Have you ever seen that guy at parties? <laughs> oh, life yeah. of the party. I saw him <laughs> Cooperstown. He was tearing it up. <laughs> I tell you what, it'll never be the same. Cutting I the rug. Love, I love Miguel's passion there, though. I mean, Miguel's that's, awesome. That's he, you know. His fr- I think he's speaking for a lot of fans. His today. frustration accurately reflects, in some ways, I, I think how a lot of people feel. Do I want to be the wild? Probably not. But you know what? I mean, yeah. the will. I'll say this. You can say what you want about the Wilfs, but they've worked their ass off and they care deeply. And it is good to ha- it is good in that case to have people who are engaged. And you do have to wonder sometimes how much Jim and the Fit family are actually engaged. That doesn't mean that they always have the wrong people, but the Wilfs engagement is interesting to watch. I, w- I want to just back to the the point that Judd has made on this show just about how bad it was a couple years ago. That this is a hundred loss team, and yeah, they had a bunch of things go the wrong way. I don't think we can oversell just how eroded the farm system was, mm-hmm. how eroded their pitching systems were. This was the worst pitching organization in baseball for like 10 years post Johan Santana. And so these two dudes come in here, Falvey and Levine, and you don't just flip on a light switch and all of a sudden like, oh, not, yeah. okay, we're just going to sprinkle some magic pitching dust all over the place here and, and this thing's going to be uh, ready to roar. It takes often, and and you can't just go sign a pitcher. Uh, there's only so many Chris Sales available in in free agency on a year to year basis. Usually, there's none, and so it takes. I know fans hate to hear this, but from where they started, especially from a pitching perspective, two years ago internally, and building out new ways of evaluation and scouting and new ways of developing eighteen year old kids, just it takes longer than flipping on a light switch. Yeah. And guys have to come up. It's not like football where you draft a guy and boom, like Xavier Rhodes is your starting quarterback right away. That's not how it works in baseball. And so I, I know it sucks to hear this as a fan, but you just have to sort of wait. Like yeah, it, you, it, there's, it wasn't like oh, and someone tweeted, well, what if they would have traded for Machado and Archer? Well, let's go down that path for a second. If they would have traded for Machado and Archer and gutted all of their young future players, okay, and Ar- I guess Archer would be around for three more years, mm. and we're going to talk about that later. There's still no guarantee you make up eight games in two months on the Indians. You might yeah. still have missed the playoffs. But, Chip, but Chip's right, though. I think I think p- people don't care who's in charge. People are just saying, we've been sold this bill of goods about these prospects, and especially these top ones, who are going to come up and save the day, and it seems like they don't. And they don't. I don't think the casual fan splits hairs between, well, the, the, re- the regime's changed and things like that. Yeah. And I get that. Uh, but nonetheless, I think you're right. I think, Chipper, that this all goes back to two guys. And, and the frustration is because you were told those two guys were going to be great by a lot of us. Yeah. And they've just, this year at least, they both just bombed. Because it, you asked for patience, and they gave you patience. 
and now sure. and a new thing comes in and they and they deserve patience to implement their program their system all these things people are out of patience and that's why you're seeing this kind of emotional reaction to what's going on this week and the playoff run eroded that patience almost yeah. completely go watch netflix then Honestly, i don't know what to tell you because i <laughs> but, but you can't, i agree you can't, you can't fault people for having these emotions and having an emotional side of it but if that emotional side leads to like fire Derek falvey well, and Pat levine then, yeah. you're, then i don't, I don't yeah. think people are saying yeah. that we've ran so long we're they, they, you gotta get out of here so. back. bring back doge <laughs> from the dodgers today if uh, you can get more good stuff we'll keep Thanks, going with twins vent line i know we have full full nights right now carl mike dan steve uh six five one six four six Eight two five five. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. They live in the sewer. Yes, they do, and enjoy it. (laughs) They relish in it. Mackie and Judd. And the way they walk with their back end up in the air—that's just plain evil. (laughs) It's just gross. On fifteen hundred ESPN. All right, thanks, James. You're welcome. Twins vent line. James has his twins hat on. It's a spirited hour right now. I like this hour. I I feel we're going to get back to the twins vent lines here because I think where Judd and I are caught. We were just talking about this for the entire commercial break. Totally agree and empathize with Twins fan who's had it. This team hasn't won a playoff game, playoff game since 2004. This team hasn't won a playoff series since 2002. So we're coming up on two decades pretty soon, right? We're 16 years since they won a playoff series. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, they've seen good players like Brian Dozier come through and participate on bad teams and then go away, right? Or Michael Kadire starts to ramp it up, and then they get bad, and they have to. And then Michael Kadire was a fan favorite, and he goes away. And uh, prior to Target Field, Torrey Hunter goes and signs with the Angels. I, I want to empathize with how crappy it is to be a Twins fan more often than not the last decade or so. I also really like this new front office, and I, I'm not saying they've been perfect for the last two years, but they've done a lot of things internally behind the scenes they've spent millions of dollars beefing up scouting systems analytic systems but this is like ground up stuff that starts from a ball double a and kind of works its way up with the players they're bringing in yep so i want to be respectful and i want to i want to listen to gripes and i want to i want to put an arm around a twins fan but i also want to say i really think these guys are in line to create something that's going to be sustainable long term but a lot of these fans don't care about the fact that Terry got fired and and that they uh, switched the executive staff almost in full they, they don't care about that they want to see change and the most frustrating thing I think to them uh, besides Buxton and Sano not developing is the fact that they saw that change last year you made a playoff game last year and so in the mind of of casual twins fan who likes Dozier, they see the, a playoff game, and, and plus, keep in mind too, Dozier is the Pied Piper. Told you last July, we're gonna win. Don't trade. You know these trades, the Kinsler trade, the Garcia trade are mistakes. And then he was proven right. So once again, the fans say, "Well, Brian told us, and he did it." And so everything that now has has conspired against this team for this year is the perfect storm for fans to throw up their hands, be absolutely upset about it, and say, it happened last year. Why are you trading my favorite players? Why are you doing all of these different things? When And so the frustration makes complete sense. The only thing is, this is, unfortunately, this is in, in many ways, Phil, the natural progression of what you do with a team that two years ago dropped 103 yeah. games, which is which is the farm system. I mean, let's be honest. It had fallen into disrepair. Yeah, it's. I think too. Thad Levine and, and Derek Falvey have have picked up a lot of Twins fan baggage here that they weren't around for. Yeah. Like they like they've Absolutely been here for a have. year and a half. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Carl's been holding the longest. Go ahead, Carl. You're on Twins Vent Line. Hey, I uh, I enjoy the Twins talk, and um, Phil, I think you're one of the. You're one of the better guys we've had in town over the last few years talking about the Twins. You know the game. I, I, I learn a lot listening to you. Thanks, Carl. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, I don't agree with the chances of the world um, and some of the other guys. I, you know, this is, like you said earlier, this is a different group of decision makers. Uh, this is not the same staff that, that trumpeted, you know, Sano and, and Buxton and their arrival and, and labeled them organizational saviors. I mean, Falvey and Levine, they've been patient. Uh, they didn't walk into the 
office as a target field and blow out the roster. Uh, they took a look at their assets um, and at the same time tried to move the organization forward. They kept, hey, they kept guys like Rob Anthony. Uh, he's been here 30 years. I mean, you, you think they can't harvest some information from a guy like that? I mean, he started out as media relations intern, worked his way up to the point where he made a trade last year. Uh, that's a valuable guy. So it's a tough job. Uh, in their two seasons, you know, they develop relationships with guys. And I know it bothers them. He said it last night on the broadcast. But it's something they got to do, you know. Uh, and the guys they received in return aren't necessarily going to be in a Twins uniform. They're assets. They either develop them or they use them in deals to acquire better assets. Yeah, that's another good point, Carl, that when the time is right, and maybe it's, we don't know, what they're going to have money to spend in free agency if they want to, you want to make sure that you've got twenty-five, a pool of 25 or 30 young players to deal from so that when you're in that position, you don't blink twice. Oh, sure, like the Astros. Oh, sure, we'll give you three prospects for Justin Verlander. No problem, because we have 25 of them, and we're not gutting our future. Uh, Mike, you're on the show. Hey, Mike. Mike? Throw Mike, Mike on, hold. on hold. we got a lot of people uh, All right. ready to rock here. Dan, you're on Twins Ventline with Mackie and Judd. Well, you guys, you're always the voice of reason, and I've been on hold so long, now I have been deprived of the ability to provide any original intellectual content. <laughs> uh, go ahead anyway. You know what? That's Some people right. are just tuning in in the last yeah. 30 seconds, Dan, so you yes. steal our well, points. No, I was just going to say, I don't really know who his... Uh, upset about these trades i'm not on twitter so apparently there are but uh this team has really been kind of garbage all year and outside of a mini run the second half last year they've been pretty mediocre for five or six years so i'm pretty excited i kind of have like the same optimistic outlook about sal or whatever you call them uh as i do with pj fleck that uh i'm you know now they have a clean slate and they can go into next year and, you know, there's no Dozier, Maurer, Santana. I mean, I think they lose like $70 million off the books so they can finally sign some guys where they have no original obligation to or, you know. I mean, I, I always give them credit for taking a shot on the Wins and Morrisons and people last year. Didn't work out, but at least they tried something. You know, uh, I just really want them to vet some free agents, some of those mid-tier guys. Dan's phone is up, cutting Dan. out there, but yes. Uh, let's let's take one more before the break here. Steven, you're on Twins Ventline. Good morning, guys. How are we doing this gloomy Wednesday morning? Good, Good Steven. Man. What's Thank going you. on? So I've been listening for the last 20 years. I listen to you guys every day. I love your talk. So, and I can't see. I don't agree. The guy's an idiot. Um but what I, I do like the trades. I, I, you know, I'm glad we got a clean slate. You got 10 prospects who could potentially become, you know, mid-level or maybe majors. I like the guys in the minors, the pitchers like Gratterall and Lytle. I mean, the guy like a pitcher's down there too, waiting to come up. So, I mean, I know it takes time, takes patience. I understand that. We're all frustrated. And I'm frustrated too. I've been a lifelong Twins fan. My question is, um, what? How long do you guys? You know, the patience is a key word. How long do you give this front office before you start actually trying to make a run at something? Maybe next season or 2020? What's the outlook, you think, for how long you might take to actually start making a run at something, maybe? You I know give, what? Let's, let's talk about that when we come back. Yeah, I, I was going to say, because uh, patience, unfortunately, you know what? Patience might be important here again. Let's, uh, you know what? I'm, and, and shocking, I might be more optimistic than you here. 651 646 Thad Levine will join us in 45 minutes. So the Twins GM will come on here, and uh, and we will, even though you and I agree with what they've done here, I'd like to ask a couple questions just on behalf of fans who feel frustrated and who've been watching this for a long time and like watching the lack of end-of-season success. Especially and, about the big two prospects. Oh, Bucks and Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, very, I'm very curious. They're not what, even prospects anymore. But yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to see what, what the plan is for uh, both those guys, especially Miguel going forward here. I think that's going to be Don't go anywhere. Now. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. The final 3M Championship is happening this week at TPC Twin Cities. Come out for this free Champions Tour event and watch the legends of golf. 
Plus, catch 1,500 ESPN broadcasting from the Expo Tent Friday through Sunday. More details are at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, James. Eventful hour here. Yeah. Well, the Twins know how to spark emotion, and it's usually not positive. <laughs> yeah, that's true, unfortunately. Hasn't so, been for a long time. We'll get to, uh, Bob, we'll get to, Bob's going to get the last Twins vent line word here in just a second. So hang, hang on for just a minute, Bob. But for the, the last caller, how quickly do you think, now that their established guys are temporarily gone, I, I think they're going to make a run at Escobar this offseason. I do. It's possible that some other team, uh, it's a better fit, whatever. But how long do you think it'll take the Twins to get back to or to maintain some sort of competitive uh, level here? Like, what what do you think the the window is? Oh, I think they could. I think they could be competitive. Uh, this division is not going to improve by a lot. It's going to. I think the, the White Sox are going to start to turn a corner here eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City, I have no clue because they're just a complete mess. Uh, I think the Twins should be and can be, and I'm not promising greatness here, but competitive next season. I, but but this, but this also comes back to two guys. I mean, if Buxton and Snow get their act yeah. together and, and you reintroduce and keep healthy a gold glove center fielder, and you put Sano at third ideally or first and he hits home runs and, and is disciplined at the plate, you are competitive in 2019. So sure. this this really comes back to me to how th- those two uh, do. Now, on Escobar, let's make one thing very, very clear. He's a very likable guy, and he hits a ton of d- doubles, and he's a nice, he's turned himself, credit to him, he's turned himself into a good player, but he ain't going to save the day here. Like, there there gets to be... We, yeah, he'd be a good player to have. We yeah. fall, we in this town, like, fall in love with characters who are nice players and elevate them into this deity of, yeah. oh, my God, you traded Escobar. So if they bring him back and and he's used in the proper role, I think he's a, he's a plus-type player and a nice player to have. But we do fall far too in love with, with guys. You could find Escobar somewhere else, too. Also worth so, noting, uh, to your Escobar point... There is no such thing as a baseball player that saves the day in terms of yeah. taking a losing team and making them a World Series winning team. It's such a collective grouping. You have to, you you really do have to have one through twenty five. You can't have negative value guys in the NBA. You put LeBron James on any team and they can win the championship or at least in a, in a non Warriors league. You know they can get close to a championship. Mike Trout is far and away the best baseball player of our generation. Mike Trout is having an historically great season this year. Mm-hmm. The Angels never make the playoffs. Like the Angels have made the playoffs twice with Mike Trout. Yes. And that's not a knock on Mike Trout. It's just the nature of baseball. Yeah. You could take Mike Trout and put him on the Miami Marlins right now, and they would still be very much far away from a playoff caliber mm-hmm. team, right? Mm-hmm. So Eduardo Escobar is not Mike Trout. Eduardo Escobar would be a good piece to the puzzle. And I think. And he's a likable a, clubhouse good guy. Yeah, I think he should he be their starting third baseman next year if they resign him and Sano can move to first base or DH or whatever. Yep. Um, I also really like their pitching going into next season, their starting pitching. Jose Barrios, one of the best 15 to 20 pitchers in, in baseball. Kyle Gibson has really emerged. Fernando Romero, I think you've seen enough of Fernando Romero. He's had a couple rough starts, but you've seen enough to know, okay, that dude, that's a, that's a dude. I mean, that guy throws mid to upper 90s with breaking stuff. Uh, Michael Pineda, we're going to get a look at here at some point. I feel good about their starting pitching for the most part, and like you said, if if Buxton and Sano can snap out of it, they can compete in 2019 and maybe ramp up. So, Bob, go ahead. You're on Twins Vent Line. Hey guys, love your show. Really look forward to listening to it. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, man. To it. Appreciate um, that. This has been a win-win situation for myself personally. Growing up in California, a lifelong Dodger fan. Became a Twins fan, converted in 1981. I've talked to you guys about it before, but uh, you got to get what you can get with good players when you can. And until the Twins get pitching, they're not doing anything. It's been frustrating for me not to see the Twins have uh, playoff success since 91, but even more frustrating not to see the Dodgers have success since 1988, except for last year, of course. So I'm a happy guy today. All right, Bob, nice. thank so, you. so if you're a Dodgers That's... fan and a Twins fan, you probably are liking this. Or if you're like my dad lives in Phoenix, so my dad watches the Twins on his baseball package and, and watches Escobar. Dynamax, he gets to uh, watch Escobar. Well, I'd be very happy if Doge goes to if, if I was a Dodger fan if he goes there and uh, hits a little bit and keeps pretty quiet. 
You hate those. So I, I don't need the clubhouse oh rhetoric God, anymore. I don't need it. the clubhouse. Re- you know what? There's very there's very few people and they're hard to find who truly can uh, can walk into a clubhouse and be the guy. Tory Hunter was okay. I think Dozier he's... Dozier's in 2016 proclamation that I learned a lot from Tory and I'm going to take. Uh, no, you can't just do that. Yes, that bothered me. <laughs> it bothered me. And when Phil Hughes looked at at us off the air that day and said, "So Brian's deci- decided he's our guy, huh?" I thought to myself, "Yeah, Phil Hughes has a point here." Yeah. I think he's overrated. I think you hate him. I don't hate him. He's a very, I think he's a very nice, I think he's a well-meaning human being, and I think he does nice things for people, and I think that's great. But I don't like it when guys go into locker rooms or, or clubhouses and proclaim themselves to be the leader, because you don't do that. If, if you are, you walk in and people recognize that. Did he proclaim it? Did he walk in with like a yeah, he like, told a, us like that. a like a scroll that they rolled out with a bunch of trumpets? Post from, Hunter, from Post Hunter, he, he told us. Here he ye. told us. I learned a lot, and I'm gonna and I'm the guy. And Phil, he was just like bleep that. <laughs> um. Okay. Something else happened yesterday that piqued our interest. Chris Archer was traded, not to a contender, but to the Pirates. Should the Twins have thought more strongly about this type of deal? Uh, I put together the equivalent, who the Twins would have had to give up, equivalent to what the Pirates gave up, to land Chris Archer. We'll do that. Stuff you should know about. And Thad Levine joins in a half hour from now. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley. On 1500 ESPN. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. 